Transcending the Veil. Okay, today we are going to talk about healthy eating. Klaus cannot join us today, but we are having a guest today. So, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, well, I'm Catherine. I studied hygienism, uh, hygienismo integral um, in Spanish and Chile. And I wrote two books about it and a third book about children and how to take care of them, to, um, to help them join them to nature. Um, I'm a therapist and a researcher about human nutrition, what is our best way to eat and how we can produce health from what we eat. Okay. So can you expand a bit on the topic of what you studied? Because it is a name, but I don't think, at least me, I have no <laughs> idea what, what, yes. what it means. You know, what, what is that topic? And, I, and you still say you're still in research. Um, so I assume it evolved out of that topic you studied. Can you explain a bit what it, what it is? Yes. Well, this movement started with natural hygiene, which is a North American line created by Herbert Shelton. Um, that was on the 30s that started. Um, but this is actually is, is more, it's older. It, it started in 1990, like very, very far in the time, but at the time it was very um, simple. It was just about avoiding uh, drugs um, to heal or to treat the, the illnesses with drugs at least, and just uh, having rest in nature. Um, also eating more fruit and vegetables, just that. And then it started to evolve to something that was vegetarian. And then when it got vegetarian, it started to evolve to something that was more frugivorous. Um, then um, it started to evolve to something that mixed both things like vegetables and fruit. Um, and then the, um, the work of Her Herbert Shelton introduced com food compatibilities. And that made it more complex, um, really like a lifestyle with Herbert Shelton. He started to, um, to give it more form. Um, from his school, there were another students that uh, are European and they started to create their own schools so, and their own food compatibilities. Uh, because the thing with food compatibilities is that you start to learn them, learn them from practice them. You cannot learn it from just thinking them. You need to start to do it every day. So in the way that more people started to practice this lifestyle, more people started to learn um, to have more detail about how to, to create health from food because you know the thing that makes them evolve to this step of frugivorism is that it's not enough to be vegetarian to avoid 
illnesses. It seems that you need to go a step further than that. So, um, well, in the therapy context, that changes many things with a patient because when you have a patient that is very sick, their energy to digest is very low. So food compatibilities let the patient um, digest very simple. It's very, um, the digestion doesn't take energy from the patient. So it helps people that are very weak and sick to heal better and faster. So that's the main difference in this lifestyle. So, okay, so just for my understanding to recap a bit, so there, there was a guy in the 1930s in the US who sort of formalized um, what, what he then, he coined the name natural hygiene. Yes. That is actually based of something that was in society um, already practiced in, in the past. Um, and out of that movement, there was a vegetarian movement sort of came out of that. But it changed a lot, and he he essentially in in the 1930s put sort of a formal frame around it, organized it a bit, and he also produced these food compatibilities, and that is has moved into different countries now, where all of the countries adopted it slightly or changed it slightly. I assume changed it slightly in terms of when we talk about food um, compatibilities. It is very localized, right, to the local produce, the local food that you have. So obviously it's different to a tropical food availability to, yeah, yeah, northern availability. And that is essentially the study that was, the study you, you took at university was based off of this natural hygiene approach. And, and then you, you stayed in that field. Can I say that or is it? Not, not quite. It was based on my teacher's approach, and he studied with three students of Her Herbert Charton, like uh, Mark Ams, Desiree Merian, and uh, Franz Kons. Which one? Um, the first is from Spain, the second from France, and the third one from from Germany. And then he created his own online or therapy with this in Chile um, because we have more fruit. For example, North American or uh, hygienism from the north uh, of the world <laughs> is more based in fasting with water, for example. Okay. We do not do that here. We fast with um, fruit, like with juice fruit. So the the approach is very different in the effect to in the patient because when you fast with water, you create a, a process that is very violent, like more aggressive, more, in, more intense. So if you have a patient that is very weak because it has a very, deep, um, serious illness is not going to be that well with uh, water fasting just right away. You know, you need to do a process by steps to prepare that patient to reach a level of cleansing that, that is that high, you know, you need to do to prepare the person. 
Um, we do uh, a different uh, thing because also the concept of eating is very different. We have the idea that you must or you should keep a lifestyle that is clean, that you, need, you should keep your body clean instead of cleaning very hard, in a hardcore way, yeah? Like every once a year, for example, like that, that's not necessary when you keep your body clean. All right, so now we're talking about going beyond food and eating, but considering your entire lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. All right, now, now we talk about everything all of a sudden. Very good. Okay. So, but yeah, going back, so it is sort of, you know, what was this guy again? Sorry, I keep forgetting. Herbert Shelton. Herbert right, he Shelton. used to be the guy yes. 1930s in the US, but then, yeah, you, you said that the guy that you learned from is actually... Yeah, took the approaches even from Germany and all of those offsprings, but now created sort of the approach locally in Chile. And then, yeah, we, we now need to talk about a bit more than just uh, the, the eating part. Uh, but before we go into the entire, um, let's say, lifestyle approach of this, um, can we first talk about a bit of the compatibility tables? Because I find that interesting because that is something you don't stumble upon very often um, because you're right. I think what is well known in our current, at least let's say Western society is right. We, we have people that eat everything. Uh, we have vegetarian and we have vegan. And that is sort of, I would say the established categories in the Western world. Then okay, we, we have a few other approaches from the Middle East and um, probably Far East to, to put it very roughly, but I think that is sort of what is known in consciousness in the Western world. But now we talk about something that is even what originates in the US, so let's say in the Western world, but it is something that is very, well, not well known. Natural hygiene is probably something little people have heard of in Europe. Uh, there, there is a German phrase even, which is, or was it? Urkost, exactly. So I've, I've heard it here and there, but um, honestly, I, I never really went into it because I never really met people that are really into that topic. And also, um, there, there are many differences between each type. Yeah, yeah. But to, to first talk about what, what is the approach of the yeah, compatibility table, um, ju just to understand what is the approach of it? I know that we now talk about a region in the world which doesn't apply to Europe, so we're going to have find different things. But sort of, what is the approach of this, and how are you using this in order to, let's say, create a meal, for example? If if we can think about it in a or talk about it in a practical approach, that would be quite nice. But yeah, first, if if you could explain a bit, right? What is the rationale, and why do you talk about? compatibility tables in natural hygiene? Well, um, there are reasons to believe that we are not made to mix everything together. <laughs> okay. Is, and is, is that, let's say, is that an empirical approach? Because obviously you said that, um, oh, this guy, Herbert, oh, Chelton. Um, Herbert Chelton, yeah, exactly. Um, that he, let's say, put a framework and formalized everything that that was present already but sort of he put a name to it and um yeah formalized it a bit 
So is it empirical data that was sort of proven due to history, let's say, right? Um, or is there also, is that, was there a combination with scientific research that either proves this approach, was, which was known in society already, or did it, did, yeah, is, is there a combination of um, research? Or, uh... it's, a, it's a combination of um, physiological reasons we do yeah. have specific enzymes to digest uh, proteins and other for, for starch, almidon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't be mixing both things together in one meal, for example. Oh, that is interesting because when you talk about now about enzymes, then you're already taking an assumption that, right, a person from a certain geology. Ha or, well, from a geographical location, has certain enzymes, right? Because we that's our enzymes that are for every human. Every human yeah. have them. but they're different for every geological or geographical location, right? Because no, the enzymes aren't different. The enzymes are the same for everybody. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Right. May, may I directly ask? Because the the, the one story. I don't know anything about enzymes, okay, <laughs> just to say that. But what I found very interesting when I was living in Hong Kong, um, that some local Hongkongese, as they're called, um, they couldn't drink alcohol. Well, they could drink alcohol, but they were drunk after a few zips of alcohol. And they explained to me, yes, we know that because we don't have um, a particular enzyme that you have to um process alcohol yes so that, that's that, why i'm asking yeah wrong. in that yeah i was what? going to say that there are some differences okay. for example um eastern people have a little bit longer intestine like it's okay. um there are little differences but i'm referring to enzymes that are kind of more common among people because there are also some individuals that don't produce enough enzymes, digestive enzymes, and they have their own trouble because yeah. of that. But yeah, the the thing for alcohol is something that is part of the liver. And it's true that there are some um, people in or that don't have that, that enzyme like, for example, in the Scandinavian cultures, that they have a lot of that, or it's it's similar with lacta lactasa, yeah, yeah, because um, you see that Asian don't have that much, Africans either they cannot digest very well the um, dairy for that reason, and also Latin Americans we don't have that much either. So yeah. Interesting, yeah. yes, but I'm talking about more general enzymes like pepsin and amylase uh, that are related to proteins and starch. Okay, so, mm. so so in very simple terms, can I say that right? We there are there is a group of enzymes that all people have, and there are some enzymes for such as we talked about um alcohol and for example lactose is um that 
not all groups have in that same, let's say, density probably in the body. So they because they, those those enzymes, sorry, they are related to um, the usage of certain things. For example, alcohol or dairy. They are yeah. they became like that because the relationship with with animals that produce those foods and you don't see so much those animals in, in those areas that yeah have okay it. it's just that yeah so so when we now jump back into the compatibility tables they are based on let's say the the basic enzymes that everyone has right yes yes okay good <laughs> so, <laughs> let's talk about these uh, compatibility tables Yes, so that's a basic one that just you shouldn't mix together proteins and starch or carbohydrates because you could have a bad reaction. And yeah. that means I'm talking about complex carbohydrates, not simple carbohydrates like the ones you find in um, spinach or tomatoes that they do have carbohydrates but are not that complex. Like, for example, okay. the one you find in potatoes or in quinoa or in rice, those are more complex than right. Okay. Yeah, than the ones in the vegetables. Yes. So and the other compatibilities are related to fruit, for example. We do not mix uh, acid juice with um, sweet juice, uh, fruit. I mean, um, because sour fruit are less complex like they have less carbohydrate and sweet fruit like, are more like complex orange and and banana for example right okay example. yeah or kiwis um bananas or or we do not mix even many fruits in one plate oh um, like in a macedonia or some tutti frutti we didn't do that like we eat uh, one fruit uh, first or just yeah. maybe just one fruit for a meal. Because, for example, yeah. I just had um, mandarins and mangoes before. <laughs> yeah. But I ate the mandarins first and then I ate the mangoes. And it's very interesting because you can actually see that when you go to the bathroom, <laughs> the things don't, don't mix, you know, they have a different color. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting that that so actually is that a general approach not to mix fruits, or and does it go beyond fruits as well? So my my next question, right immediately, is right: Can you make a nice stew out of things when you cook, for example, where you yes. mix a lot of? Yes, yes, you can. Because in our universe, it's different. To, to talk about fruit, because fruit is our um, original um, food. We are made to, to digest that. We are frugivorous, mainly, mainly, but not only. Uh, yeah. um, so um, you, we shouldn't mix fruit with, for example, vegetables. But there are some exceptions, for example, tomatoes, we do mix with salad because those are special kind of fruit. <laughs> but if you want to eat a salad, you can eat a salad and something else like what you mentioned with many vegetables mixed. 
It's just yeah. the the criteria is the amount of carbohydrate and the density of it and also the protein of it. Okay. That's what is behind the compatibility. Because the right. higher yeah. or the, the density of these components is going to be more difficult to digest. And or just heavier. Um, you will feel um, a sleep after eating that is actually, it's called like a sueño postprandial, maybe postprandial sleep, I don't know <laughs> in English, but that, that's not natural, that you shouldn't feel yeah. sleepy, after sleepy after eating. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that I don't experience, for example. And okay. I, I do not experience thirst either. Like I don't feel thirsty. That it's is very, very interesting. It's very weird to feel like that. Sometimes it can happen if if I am traveling or if I don't have the things that I need to to feel like I like. Hmm. But it's something very rare because we are eating the water. That's the difference. Uh, that I find a very interesting topic to talk about because I think that is what many people can resonate with when you say, right, in this natural hygiene approach, we have, let's say, local compatibility tables, depending on geographical location, um, that you don't make certain, let's say, fruits and vegetables or, right, depending on that table, um, let's say, edibles together, right? because you could feel a bit sleepy and it's a bit more tricky to digest. Because when we talk about heavy things to digest, what people definitely can relate to is right. But when we talk about eating here in Europe and then you know people go into this vegetarian movement or vegan movement and in that direction, at least experiment with that, right? There are some hardcore people about this, but let's say there are also many people that experiment with that. And um, let's say, discover things about their body where they then suddenly say, oh, right, I, I didn't eat meat and, or, you know, after lunchtime, I, I don't feel sleepy anymore uh, and so on. But it is just, it's a not a very scientific approach, right? And also, all oh, right, I don't eat pasta anymore because obviously pasta is widespread in Europe due to Italy, well, it's probably widespread around the world, right? But then, yeah, if we start experimenting, right, I didn't eat pasta anymore for, for a few months and I didn't feel tired anymore after after uh, after lunchtime, but now that is a very simple empirical approach that people, let's say, talk about when 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 they start experimenting. But there's no actual sort of let's say scientific data behind it. And what I find very interesting is now that you say, right, hang on, we know this already because there, there is scientific data about it, and we have these compatibility tables. Yes, and if you look at them, you you know how to eat and you don't need to feel tired yes but that is what i find very fascinating about this yes and there is also uh something that people could try immediately <laughs> which is the i don't know if it's common there but here in chile it's very common that you eat a salad with many greens and you yeah. add lemon to it and then you could eat potatoes for example that's a bad mixture because lemon is acid and it's going to um, supreme, um, uh, 
Ah, let me let me look for that word. Okay. <laughs> suppress, suppress. Yes. Um. Yes. Yes. Remove, eliminate the the action of this enzyme, which is called thialine or amylase. Um, which is used for for digest the potato. So oh, yeah, very interesting. The potato feels like ah, like I ate something super heavy, and it's it's not that. It's just you added a substance that was acid and suppressed the action of an enzyme. That, oh. That's the thing. I, yeah, I find that very interesting because <laughs> nowadays, actually, you know, we, I didn't have that information before. I never knew this, but yeah, there's a very nice approach to understand this. Um, so my my question is right. If we look around the world, we have certainly different habits of eating, right? Um, we, we have, for example, we, we have the Indian kitchen, which is vastly complex around the entire country of India. But you have the Ayurvedic approach, which is also a very, let's say, yeah, specific approach in that area. But you, you have an approach in Japan. Um, uh, China, or obviously also different in every little location in Europe, Latin America, uh, Africa also has a very interesting uh, approaches to food. Um, so could you say from now this, let's say, scientific approach of natural hygiene, roughly speaking, I know it's different everywhere in the world, but um, with this approach that, right, this approach is actually very similar to a certain food type like i don't know indian cuisine or something is is that something that you can say or you say no no hang on natural hygiene is on its own is a very specific um, approach to food it's it's very specific and chilean natural hygiene or hygienism because that's the is again different, uh, yeah. it's very specific for every person like because okay. there are many types of food compatibilities. There are the personal food compatibilities, the therapeutic food compatibilities. So I started to be very specific in that way. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Now we separated natural <laughs> everything else in the world. Very good. Um, but but yeah, I, now... I, I guess yes, if you if you consider that wisdom and knowledge it's common, yeah, there are things that are very that's it's just simple sense, you know, it's just you start to to feel your body and your instinct tell you what what to do and just that you will find many similarities in different types of of nutrition. Yeah, yeah, okay. But now you already hinted at that there are different approaches to natural hygiene. There's a, a, a personal approach, there is a therapeutic approach. Um and then, obviously, in the beginning, you already mentioned, right, it is actually a lifestyle, it's not just food, right? Why, why do we need to tag about, care about getting rid of toxins or doing fasting when we change our lifestyle and we don't even take in so much toxins anyway? Um, right, I'm elaborating a bit on what you just hinted at in the beginning, but let's, let's move into, right, what is that lifestyle? And also, my question is, when, when you said, right, there's every person it is different for every person as well and that got me thinking immediately about the indian ayurvedic approach where you have this was it the three types of yeah, pita, vata, 
exactly where everyone is let's say a combination of the three in different um let's say percentages um therefore different approach to food it can, can i compare that to what you were hinting at that every person has a different relationship to natural hygiene it, just to get an idea yes it's just you have biotypes that's something that could be related to Ayurvedic approach, I guess. Yeah. Which is okay. something that you find in naturopathy also. Um, but this but, is, it's more personal. It's more like but, individual. Yeah. But when you say bi when you say biotypes, is that something I can physically test and say, right, I am this biotype, or is it? including the psychology part of it because for me the body doesn't without the the mind and the psychology yeah they are they are all related and if you someone that is very mental you could imagine that that person is going to spend more energy in the daily life than someone that is not yeah because yeah. their buying is going to spend more energy all day burning burning and because the brain is, right. is like yeah, yeah. a very oh, just, expensive organ <laughs> yeah so just to clarify one word when you say when someone is very mental you mean that someone is very active in their mind right yes yes yeah yeah, meant that Spanish probably. yeah yeah okay because in the uk when you say someone is mental um, it's, it's, <laughs> okay okay yeah 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 that's true yeah, no. yeah, yeah. so it's not very that. active yeah yeah active active mind. Mind. yeah, yeah. No. um so is is there let's say is there a test you can do yourself to identify what kind of person you are well you can just well the base of this is, is that you should study yourself start yeah. to know the things you do and if those things are more like from your heart from your bowels or from your brain you know that's, yeah. and that helps to to understand the things you will need in the future too like like as you evolve as a human in your daily life, um, for example, a person that is very um, um, kind of fire, if you want to, yeah, 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 I don't know what you mean. Yeah, going to um, to like more food like watermelon, for example. Um, another person that it's not that, and it, it tends to feel cold, for example. It's going to to like banana and or sweet fruit, so there is some tendency to it. But also there is the personal factor that is when you add many many characteristics of the person because you you are not only that you are not only fire or water or whatever you are more complex. You have a physical you, body as you well. Have a, yeah, you could have illnesses or a stressful life or uh, an accident that makes the things different for you so well i find it interesting so essentially starting point is obviously compatibility tables which i have no idea about so i'd like to read about them now are there books available that you know of to 
because my, my first thinking is right either i can approach it in a way right i want to stand all of this approach and i can look at the compatibility tables and according to that i can prepare meals well that for me is a very let's say an analytical approach um the easy option obviously would be right are there some cookbooks for natural hygiene <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are some books that I always recommend that are by Herbert Tilton. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good compatibility for those who are curious about it. It's a very good um, um, recap or, I don't know, it summary, it summary many, many things of this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. There are other books by Desiree Merian. <laughs> he's French. Um, he has a book called The Fundaments of Natural Hygiene or Hygiene Vital, which, which is the name that he yeah, yeah. Um, And for people that want to start to cook, but in a, in a perspective of a general hygienism or hygienism or natural hygiene there is a book called the anti-diet okay uh, yeah by um, marilyn diamond that that's something to start for people that want to change simple things in life yeah so yeah. you will find in that book for example macedonia's or tutti frutti's stuff like that but but then you compare it to Herbert Tilton um, advice, and then you just follow the Herbert Tilton line. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now we, we got a bit sidetracked. Right. Lifestyle. Can we talk a bit? Right. What is the approach that, right, you, you mentioned a bit, right, the way you poop, the way you eat okay but there's more to lifestyle than just eating so what what is um, um well the 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 meaning of this is to find human what is a human hmm. what are we without all these stimulants how is our mind uh, how is the real health that we can reach without uh, drugs, um, stimulants, um, self-destroying things that are around us. Um, that's the question that is, that is behind, like, how uh, can we develop as a complete human? Yeah. Right. So for me, if I make the link is that you say, right, we, we, we have this approach of eating, but it is not just eating because it depends on your um, biotype, which is, you know, if you're a bit more fiery, okay, if you have illnesses and all of these added together, obviously tells you what is good for you in terms of eating. Um, but obviously then you say, right, eat. It's very then under well you really need to understand yourself right if you, you also need to be mentally healthy in order to eat certain things right um, yes but also you the the food can bring you to a better mental state you know because mm. i treat patients that have the anxiety disorders 
panic disorders, um, most of them are related to stimulants. Mm. Coffee, tea, and drinking all the things all the time, excess of TV. Like, yeah, yeah. Th that's why you need to also add other habits, you know, it's not about only eating, you hopefully do some sport and have some life in nature. Yeah, yeah. Like and also do things that are more like human. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. So essentially, it is. Yeah, yeah, I like it because it essentially puts out the statement, right? This approach is not just about, right? Sorry to mention it again, comp compatibility tables and so on, but really is about a holistic approach to life. Because you need to understand your holistic approach of yeah you know all your stimulants and so on which is now then really understanding yourself and then that works well with the food um so i like that I, li I really like this this approach and that statement uh, essentially is this is a lifestyle and a holistic approach um i i would because the the way i i think i've got the similar conclusion is right i, I say right we need to eat consciously Right, we, we really need to unconsciously uh, to understand what we eat, the state we're in, and so on. But that definition I really like, it really re resonates with me. Wow.